0: change how we approach this right because we want right. to re- recognize this a revolution and it's a war now we can get armed for battle we we, we uh, too many of us just don't accept the fact that there's a war going on right now right and everything is on the line we have right. to accept that
1: everyone welcome to us grace force podcast here i'm doug barry along with my good friend very good friend father richard heilman and our guest tonight an amazingly smart individual <laughs> who had a great take on a recent video uh but is just a great man to get on the show here if, uh, i'm sorry i almost called you father <laughs> uh, it's, it's uh it's bishop david gray oh, no no not bishop i'm sorry <laughs> just david gray all right Uh, Before we, though, get started on this great interview with uh, this great man, we're going to turn to Father Heilman and start everything off with a prayer.
2: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the rent of souls amen father son the holy spirit amen i always thought uh, about breaking into the fancy schmancy latin version of that like uh, taylor marshall does (laughs) (laughs)
1: and right now as we record this we are in the thick of the novena to saint michael right right yeah yep yep
2: because it just so happened that the presidential uh the first presidential debate and again, I, I always tell people it's not about a candidate as much as it's about, you know, what do we want uh, ushered into our country and what do we not want ushered into our country? But anyways, that happens to be scheduled on the Feast of St. Michael, the Archangel. Yeah. So we're calling everybody to pray a chaplet every day. Leading up to that, we got a little novena prayer too. But, uh, and you can hop on if you want, just, just uh, start praying a, a chaplet of St. Michael if anybody wants to. Yeah. So
1: Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, All right. And before we get started, of course, we always want to thank the people out there, the amazing people who've been supporting us uh, this last year. Father and I have been doing the Grace Force podcast. Tremendously appreciative of this family, this force, this U.S. Grace Force of people out there. Your prayers, your supports, your encouragement are phenomenal and are very, very helpful. Also, uh, in particular, uh, there's a particular group out there, the Patreon group, our patrons. You've been amazing at helping us be able to, on a natural level, keep this moving forward. I always say there are several people behind the scenes that you don't see who are involved in this and getting this out. And they do a lot of work uh, for several days every week, just really throughout the week, getting this ready. So we thank you very much for your support. If you want to become a Patreon member, become a patron, please just check the link below. Click the link below in the description and it'll take you out to Patreon and you can look at our setup there and pray about it. Please prayerfully consider if you feel God's calling you to help in some way, that's a tremendous help to us. We thank you for that. Also, don't forget to go out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page. Check the link below. Click on that. Get yourself some awesome gear, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, baby onesies. We got that as well. Father's got another great, uh, the Under God t-shirt, a great battle ready. I'm sorry, um, U.S. Grace Force gear uh, t-shirt right there, Under God. And we've got, uh, one of my favorites is I Kneel for God Alone. That one's out there as well. So anyway, check that out. It's uh, in the link below, U.S. Grace Force gear, and get yourself some materials that help support this work that we're doing as well. And I've got one special announcement today. The 23rd that we're releasing this show, the Feast of St. Padre Pio, is the official launch day, pre-launch, I should say, of a brand new course that me and my Battle Ready team have put together, an emergency training and preparedness course. Now, this is a a one-time, like five-day pre-launch, major sale price on it. Uh, You can go out between now, Wednesday, the 23rd, and Saturday here, just for a few days here, and get yourself uh, an amazing discount on this course. And what this course is going to do is it's going to help you be better prepared in so many different ways. If you've got, I say, five minutes to bug out, if you've got an hour, or if you've got a day to get out of your house whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's civil unrest. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. We all know that that's happening or whether it's something like a chemical spill on a train two miles away and the winds are blowing your neighborhood. And the authorities say, you got to get out of town and you got five, 10, 15 minutes, or look what's happening in California wildfires. Some of these people have had five, 10, 15 minutes to get out of their house. If you had to do this, heaven forbid it comes your way. Are you prepared at all? Do you have materials you can throw in a car and get out? Do you have a way to defend and protect your family if someone kicks in the front door, if someone attacks you in a, in a parking lot somewhere? Do you have a way to team up with other people to make sure that you've got friends, who have got your back, you've got their back, and you can work together? Remember, especially as Catholics, we're called to bring peace and order and truth and light and defense and protection and medical and, and, and sacraments and the Word of God everywhere we go. And we've got to be prepared for that. So the Training Preparedness Course is an opportunity to really get into the details of this. So... It's a uh, one-time pre-launch special, and then it shuts down, and then it will officially open up on the 13th of October, and then it's going to be for sale. There'll be a short window of discount price there, not as big a discount as the pre-launch discount, but then it's for sale from then on. Really want you to think about this, so click the link in the description, go on out and get into this right now so that we can be better prepared, because I know we're going to talk about this tonight as well. With this, uh, with this guest, it was a great guest, because I know, David, we talked a little bit before the show, just the fact that we're seeing things in society all around us that are, are really getting, not getting, they're already very tense, we're already very much on edge, and we're seeing so many people cooperating with evil on so many levels. And I know we're gonna address that tonight, but uh, it's, it's just a touchy thing. And I know I, I saw one of your posts about being prepared, the essentials, including, well, you referenced self-defense. I'll just yeah. put it that
0: way. Yes, <laughs> but it's
1: true. We've got to be prepared to protect the, our loved ones, protect ourselves according to what God says is the mm-hmm. moral, just, legitimate way to do that. And the church does have teaching on that. People, yeah. all right, the church does teach the the, the, the legitimacy of self defense and the legitimacy the legitimacy of being prepared to handle a crisis. And that's how we love each other for the good of community. We need to be ready to do that. So anyway, check the link below. Go on out the Battle Ready Emergency Training Preparedness Course. Awesome. Thanks. Father, introduce our guest. This man's well,
2: amazing. Yeah. So I think all of our listeners, all of our watchers know that what, you know, what's been going down with uh, the whole, I call it the Father Altman phenomena in that, you know, he produced a 10 minute video. It went viral and, uh, and he was very passionate in that video. And I, I tell people too, and listeners probably hear me say this a number of times, but I literally had, my eyes were welling up when I was watching it. And and then I, I, I just said, I, I say, I don't know if I said it out loud. I probably did. I'm alone in the house here. And I said, I just went, finally, you know? And I think everybody had that sense, right? And so that was August 30th. And right away taylor marshall puts out a video like that afternoon after the video broke and says you know we need to pray for his protection you know we got <laughs> gonna defend some father altman's because because he suspected uh it might not be well, well received by some and it wasn't uh the the liberals didn't uh, like it so anyways um i <laughs> david your take on this was just amazing because it was like the day after um the the story broke about his bishop's response that you came right out with a video. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I I love watching you and, and listening to you. you in fact if people um please 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 if you, if you don't know David yet get to know him. He's at uh Info is his um is his website with all his stuff and uh it, but he's been doing uh it's called the the, the the Dominican Press or what is it David? It's Oh, uh, St. Dominic's Media. That's it. St. Dominic's Media. Yeah. And you started that in 2017 and um, uh, David is actually a convert. So if you don't mind, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit, but uh, he's a, a great scholar, very fascinating to listen to. And you got an amazing sense of humor too. So that, <laughs> that helps it too. But, uh, but yeah, when, when and, and so I watched your response to that. Then you did a follow-up video after that. Yeah. We just kind of broke down the whole thing. And so I, we got to get this guy on, you know? Um, and so I asked and you went, yeah, you do it. So anyways, um, can you kind of fill into the little, the, the, what what is your story? Um, yeah, I think especially you have an amazing story about your conversion, right?
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks for having me on here, Father. And, and dad, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so Thanks cool for saying here, yes. Because I've watched you guys and now I'm here in the middle of the, of, of, middle of you two. So this is, <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah, um, like you said, when I, when I, I was getting off work actually. And so I'm before I get in my car, you know, I check the, you know, I'm on YouTube. I get a notification, you know, Dr. Taylor, he has a video. And so Mm -hmm. it's about this father Altman who I never heard of. Right. Right. And so, you know, I'm a couple of minutes into the video of his video. I said, okay, let me just get to the meat. And so, yeah, that's what, so I'm like you, that's, that was my introduction to father Altman. So yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. But yeah, I I, I came into the Catholic church. Um, My background, you know, protestant you know i come from a protestant family my family was so protestant that they all belonged to a different protestant denomination right? okay that's, that's how protestant they were <laughs> and so um so uh, you know by the time i got to college i was just you know i didn't know what to believe what to think jesus christ was never really articulated to me i really didn't know much about much about his his um his life here on earth never read the um, new testament but um so by the time i get to college i'm just you know, I'm just out there confused. I ended up joining, becoming a, a Freemason, um, and so that was really for me a young man. That was really my that gave me structure. Yeah, my, you
2: were really into it. You wrote wrote books on the history of Freemasonry. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, I wrote, yeah. Oh. I was. I became a pretty prolific writer on Freemasonry. I gave looks lectures and all around the world um, wow. on the topic. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was my life. And then at a, a particular point in time, I come to realize that Jesus Christ is real and he's interested in my life. So that moved me from being more of the agnostic, not really knowing, you know, perhaps, perhaps there was a God. Um, it's, that seems logical, but whether that God is interested in me, um, that that just didn't seem, you know, really plausible. But then I did come to discover that Jesus Christ is real, He loves me, He's interested in my life, and um and so from there, it was just like, okay, well, I got to join a church. And okay, what happened to the churches in the Bible, right? That seemed like the a logical place to start. And, and, it, and it seemed like that's the church I would belong to. If I, if I see clearly that Jesus had a group of apostles and disciples, and after he dies and he resurrects, they start a community of churches, it seemed logical that I would want to belong to that church. If I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it right. So let's join Jesus' church. And so I wouldn't... Mm-hmm for a search for that, that church, ended up, much to my surprise, finding a Catholic church. Um, I really didn't know much about it, the Catholic church, because, you know, I grew up in a very Catholic neighborhood, I, I would say, culturally, you know, you had a, a high school, parochial school, we had a convent of nuns there, nuns in Notre Dame, right across the street from me, um, a rectory, um, and so it was a very Catholic neighborhood but really didn't know much about Catholics other than they wore shorts to church, which was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I asked my grandmother about that one time. I said, why, why don't we go to that church? And she said, oh, they're different. And that's all I knew about Catholics. But, um, and I really didn't even know a black person could be Catholic. Honestly, And I, ne- I didn't know. Because um, all my, I had a lot of friends that went to Catholic school in the neighborhood, but nobody was Catholic. So in Northeast Ohio, I had just never encountered a black person who was Catholic and that meant something to me at the time that, you know, I didn't want to be that, you know, the token guy, you know, whatever, you know, but that, that was important to me at the time, but I eventually did get over that. And so, I, yeah, I entered the church on the Peace of St. Dominic in 2006. Nice. Yeah.
2: Nice. Well, you know, and like I said, it was um everybody, again, I just want to stress, you know, get to know David fascinating he knows so much uh he articulates it so well and i love love your, your sense of humor so it's all good so please please get to know him but uh yeah and i was i was uh i was taken by your take of uh father altman at the time and that and that you uh there's a level of courage i think to uh decide that when his own bishop uh it, it took issue with him that you right away decided you know, to stand with him. And, you know, a lot of people might say, well, you know, it's a bishop and, you know, maybe we better not. And maybe it might hurt my brand or something like that. If I, you know, if I, if I go there, if I attach myself, i have seen a little bit of that going on right now with Father Altman, where some people want to distance themselves from him oh, yeah. because, you know, and uh, is, is, this is a time uh, for courageous warriors to stand up. And, uh, and he, uh, I believe he, he has ignited something. So g- can you help us understand David? I mean, you, you, you got on this right away. I mean, what was going through your mind and heart when you first saw this video and then decided to do what you did?
0: When I, when I started, when I got the chance to watch the video and hogs, I was listening to it on my car on the way home after, you know, I heard, um, after I, jumped over from Dr. Taylor Marshall's. And so I was listening to it in my car and just listening to it because I couldn't watch it, of course, because we don't do that when we're driving. We don't watch YouTube exactly. videos. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but just listening to it, I was, I was just so moving. And, and it seemed unbelievable that a priest would say the things that he was saying, right. knowing the consequences, right. knowing, just knowing the consequences. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know anything about his bishop. But what I did know that what he was saying was going to move some people make some people upset so i was just moved just by the courage of it right um so when i got home and i watched the video i said oh i have to watch this with my people who follow me on youtube we have to watch (laughs) this together so that's when (laughs) i made the video side by side you know me eating some popcorn (laughs) and some people were upset about i was eating popcorn and they said oh you don't do that you know you don't eat popcorn during the homily or something like that you know you know this whole this whole thing but you know, it's sort of like an idiom, you know, that it, it was so, it was true, but truth can be so entertaining that it like, you know, that that it moves you in a way. So that's how I was trying to signify with eating the popcorn. So, but I think, I think Father Altman, I think the fire that he, he ignited in a lot of us, um many of us at this point in time, I think we, when we listen to him in, in his homilies, he always begins his homilies with the phrase, um, dear family, right? right. Dear family. Right. And I think a lot of us, many of us, we hear that and we accept that, that he's father and right. we're family. And because he's our father, we're going to defend him. Um, If, if somebody comes against him, no matter if it's uh, his bishop or anyone, um, a, a fellow priest like like James Martin, that he's our father, we're going to defend him. And that's the attitude we need to have towards all our priests, um, our faithful fathers who who treat us as their children, right. that we're going to defend them. And, I, uh, it, it, you know, it's just like, you know, if you, if someone, you know, you're walking, you know, down the street with your, you know, your natural father, and somebody comes up to them, comes up to them, and start pushing, pushing him around. No matter what size you are as a boy, you're gonna go total toe with that man who's attacking your father. Yep. And that's just, I think that's been our attitude. It's, it's been an attitude that I think many people have have wanted to express because because you guys are father, father Altman is father, and he, we, we as children, we we yearn, we yearn to have a strong father. A masculine father, a bold father, a, okay. a courageous father, a father that, that just doesn't take any bull crap, a father yeah. that we know just, just has our back, a father that will go into the fire and pull us out, a father that will just go to the end of the earth, a, a father that is, you know, the shepherd that, that goes after the last sheep. That's, that's the image of a lot of us have have grown up with that image of a father. It's those of us who didn't grow up with that have, have yearned for that naturally. And um, because that's the image of God that, that we have in us, that, that our, our our heart just just yearns for and that we, we move towards, we process towards all our life. And so when Father Altman, he comes out with with the, this this persona and these words and this character that we've yearned for, we jumped on that. We, we, oh. we were like, that's what we've been waiting on, right? And that's why I said in a video that that people... The, the, you know, the laity, the faithful cry out in, in this, this voice in union, unison saying that uh, we need more priests like you, Father. Um, keep speaking the true Father because that's what our heart needs, right? And it isn't, I mean, he didn't say anything that, like I said in the video, he didn't say anything that, you know, people like Dr. Taylor Marshall or Michael Vorce or even myself in some of my videos have, have said that boldness. But when you guys do it, when when a priest does it, it just means so much more because you're, it coming from you, you're telling us that you hear us, you hear our cry. Um, and, and so you're echoing that cry again, just, just like a father that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few years ago, there's my, my, my daughter, she was, um, there was this boy at her, her school that was bullying her. And so she come home when comes home one day and, you know, she tells me that the boy punched her, asked father, what do I do the next day? I'm down at that school, right? I'm having a conversation with the teachers and everything to figure this out. And I was quite all right. It was to the point where they said, hey, can you come off to the side? Because other parents are trying to figure, hey, what's going on? You know, because that's not going to happen. And so that's the same image that we saw in Father Alban that he was standing out there saying, stop it, right? Hey. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, you bring up you bring up a good point, David. I, I had done a video uh, about a year and a half ago that said almost word for word exactly everything Father Altman said. In fact, I am I am going to accuse him of plagiarism. You <laughs> plagiarized my stuff. I, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to cause trouble here, but I said everything that he said.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, maybe not exactly. Okay. No, but but it's funny because I did do something very similar, and I basically I said, "How could you?" It's the title of the video, and it's calling okay. out anybody who claims to be a Catholic or Christian, any domination voting for Democrats. It was right after Governor Cuomo signed into law that horrible, you know, women's reproductive law, um, and everybody applauded. And it's basically abortion right up until a right up until birth, and then right after that, Governor Northam in Virginia. Did the infanticide you know, statement about if a baby's born after a botched yeah. abortion, we'll keep the baby comfortable while the conversation ensues between the mother and the doctor to determine what to do with the child. So I put the video out and I got in a little bit of hot water with some people here and there, but you're right, David, it wasn't even close to what happens when a priest does this. Because of the dynamics of the order of it. I mean, within my family as the father, it's one thing, but when a priest speaks out, there is this public response because you're right, we are starving, we are hungry, and we are, by order of God, need this, this kind of spiritual leadership. So I think it's a, that's, a, that's a, it's a powerful point. that, that uh, if I, And I think more priests, and Father, you and I were talking about this earlier today on the phone, that more priests and bishops have got to be thinking um yeah this is that watershed moment this is really stirring it's got to be stirring more hearts you know just as we saw bishop strickland came out um and he's my bishop down here in tyler texas david so bishop strickland's my bishop great
2: bishop now.
1: yeah That's he awesome. is and for him to come out and say i support father altman and i'm just ashamed that it took me this long to come around yeah uh, is, is humbling on his part what an incredible example but father i know you were thinking that there have got to be other bishops who've got to be having this moment in their mind and their heart about what kind of leaders they are at this time.
2: Yeah. It, and I actually put up an article today. It's real brief, but it said, um, you know, we've got to stop uh, seeing Jesus as a hippie. Yeah. And, and I talked in there, you know, we've been portraying him as an effeminate hippie who never has a cross word to anybody, you know, and tips toes through the two ups or whatever. But uh, you know, and, and to me, that's a bad parent. I loved your, I loved your, uh, What you said there, David, about parenting, that a bad parent is the one that will never have a crossword, will never try to discipline, will never try to challenge the children, but instead, you know, gives them participation trophies and just wants them to like them. And We've we've done it. And and so what's almost um, uh, ingrained in us as priests is that we need to be those effeminate hippies. To our to our congregation and and so it's just love it's just it's joy it's just love and and not to say we I, I preach on love all the time but but you know there's sometimes when uh evil is intruding okay mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's broken down the door mm-hmm. and it's about to attack the family mm-hmm. that you got to get aggressive mm-hmm. and and you gotta you gotta sometimes shout down uh, that bully aggressor that's coming in and and darn it, I think everybody feels if now isn't the time, when is the time right? You know, right. with everything that's being uh, shoved down our throats, this evil that's being shoved down our throats in 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 recent years, yes, but even in recent months, you know and and so a lot of people, David, wouldn't you say, have been sitting there going, why isn't anybody saying anything? You know, and all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Father Altman comes out and everybody's like, right. finally, yeah. you know, yeah. look at all this evil. And where's the dad? Where's the
0: father yeah. protecting the flock, right, David? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for letting us know that. I mean, I, 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 the two things I, I would say to that. You know, the first one is that is beautiful what Father Altman said. Um, and a lot of us, many of us were moved, right? But there's some tragedy in it, like that you're saying, like why, right. did, you know, why, why, why were we so shocked? You know, why were we so, why was that something that, that moved us to that degree? Like, why do we hear that all the time? <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were, so that's the tragedy in it, that it's rare when it shouldn't be rare at all. But at the same time, I remember back when I was, I, was, I was a Protestant and I was at this church service, as they call them, right? Um, and the pastor he had gave he had given this homily, Father and Doug. And the the topic of the, the subject of the homily was Jesus ain't no punk. Jesus ain't no punk. And he's going you know, he went through this, this homily, that but that was his, you know, that was his, the the theme, the theme he kept coming back to, Jesus ain't no punk. And so, you know, he's using an example of Jesus pulling out whip and cords and the, the strong and masculine image of Jesus, right? Because, you know, Protestant as well, they, they have this issue of the effeminate Jesus, the the, the cute and cuddly Jesus. Mm-hmm. And for their issue, I think, is even deeper as well, because they don't have, have even have Jesus, um, the, the crucifix. They don't have the bloody image of Jesus. They don't have the sacrificial image of Jesus. Right. They don't know what sacrifice looks like. They don't have the cross. They just have a clean cross. So, see, I think it's even deeper. A deeper um, um, issue for them, but you know, I, I remember, I, I remember that, that that sermon clearly. And um, but when I when I became a Catholic, and um, my impression of Catholicism early on as a convert was, I, I didn't think Catholicism had that same issue of the of feminine Jesus because I saw Mary, um, and then I saw well, there's Jesus, but then. As, as time going on, and then the honeymoon phase is over as a convert, and then I'm beginning to see things, it's like, wow, we have this effeminate Jesus issue as well, and it's, um, it, it's quite problematic, as you say.
1: Yeah, which is one of my favorite um, uh, examples, and Father, you and I talked about this a while back, and I, and I, I put a post on Facebook uh, on Monday, the time we record this, Monday, Wednesday, and that's, yeah, on Monday, the 21st, um, and, and pulled up the picture of the statue of Elijah that's over in the Holy Land with the, with, the, with the dagger in his hand on over one of the false prophets of Baal. And you think one of the most amazing, famous Old Testament prophets rounded up 450 prophets of Baal after that incredible moment where I know, Father, you like to use the term, hold my beer,
2: <laughs> Where
1: you've got the big showdown. They tried everything.
2: They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was
1: mocking them. He was, and I then mean,
2: they're he's, done. He's like his, oh, his my tone
1: man. of voice. <laughs> you know, maybe he's asleep. You should yell a little louder. You know, <laughs> all that going on. And for anybody out there, go out to. We we'll have the scripture here on the screen right now. You know, one Kings uh, eighteen verse, uh, yeah, starts eight. It's, uh, one Kings eighteen, and then of course you can check out the passages of the verses there. But the, the last verse is verse forty, where he says he rounds them all up, don't let even one of them escape. Takes them to the bottom of the hill, the wadi, the little Kishon wadi hill, and he and he puts them to death. And you got to think to yourself, wait, this is the same Elijah that Jesus references later in the Gospels when he's making a reference to, uh, to John the Baptist, who also has that same fire and spirit. And yeah. we just got to put these together. Jesus is not a hippie. He's not wearing sandals, playing guitar, just saying, hey, man, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. You uh, know, there's some real, you, you got you to take ownership and you got to be accountable and, and you got to be you be, put some skin in the game when it comes to the fight, to the faith and the fight, you know, but I, I just love that. And I put that out there and, and a lot of people, you know, commented well on it because it, it simply draws out that point that the history of our faith is that God is a loving God. He's amazingly loving, but he's so fair and so true and so just that there has to be accountability to everything out there. Um, no, I just, I just think it's, it's a critical point that we're missing right now. David, a question I have for you is as you, I mean, I'm looking at your, your page here, your YouTube channel and, um, You have uh, right now, let me pull this up here again right now, update on it, that two weeks ago, two weeks ago when you put that out, um, you are now sitting at 70,173 views as of the time we record this, and we're encouraging everybody to go out and check out this video, check out David's page, it's fantastic, got great stuff on it there. Um, What has the response been from people, good or bad, regarding this? I mean, obviously, this is a really good Good response in general, but what has the response been personally like comments, uh, feedback in general, pro and con?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, so that, that, so the initial video I put up, yeah, I think you noticed like 73,000, and that video got corrupted because of the, so there was a copyright issue with the music father use. And so part of it went mutes, and so I had to upload another one, and that one is like near, I think, thirty thousand. So all together, both of the videos were like a hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, yeah. First one's at seventy-eight 000, second one's at thirty-one thousand now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the response video I made uh, after his bishop came out, I think maybe that one is like seventeen thousand. Um, um, is it? Well, you got one at twenty-eight thousand. Oh, well, that's it's twenty-eight now. Under attack. It's at twenty-eight thousand. Oh, wow. So yeah. So that that has been a response. that just um, just me just commenting on what father said. So in the comments, it was really
2: section, good. It was really good.
0: And in the comment section, um, as, as you see, I mean, people, there's so much support for him there. Mm-hmm. People are praying people, you know, when they, when they, they were doing the, 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 the petition things, people were asking for people to support that people were asking people to come out to the rally. Um, and there's so much love and support there. I, I think I can count on maybe just one hand on all those comments. I could probably count on one hand the thing the people have been negative and the negative comments were basically the same, the same thing, saying that a priest shouldn't say that, you know, we, who sh- we should vote for Yeah, and, um, kind of uh, the separation
1: of church and state. Yeah. You?
0: That, that whole thing. Yeah. So but other than that, man, a support has been overwhelming. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah.
2: It's it's uh, it's amazing. Again, I call it the uh, ultimate phenomena. But you know, my hope, and maybe you can give us some insight into into what you're thinking with this. But I I keep saying we're in a watershed moment here. You know that it meaning that um, we could go in two completely different directions if we're not careful, and uh, and so you know you you've got to sound the alarm bells, Mm -hmm. and and so you know. I'm I'm hopeful. I always tell people I'm hopeful to the point of being naive, but I'm hopeful that this kind of phenomena this 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 reaction to a priest speaking up like a like a good strong father should, okay, uh, is igniting something across Catholicism that is basically saying to us other priests and bishops, okay, uh, that. You know, this is what we want. This is what we want from you, and especially in this watershed moment, would you please, please, you know, speak up with passion and even outrage toward evil? Yes, you know, uh, where we see you, brood of vipers. You know that, that, that both John the Baptist and, and Jesus said, but, you know, th- that's outrage, that's and that's passion, and that's good dadding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's saying yeah, you know, uh, and it's and it's also alerting us you know, or the, the sheep, the family and dear family. It's alerting the family. This is serious. Okay, you got to take this seriously. Okay, uh, you know, for him to make a, a statement like you can't be Catholic and a Democrat, you know, at the same time, uh, it di- didn't used to be that way. But you know, I just got done um, uh, outlining what's what's been ushered in just since 2012 you know, from the, the the left, as they say, you know, uh, beginning with uh, uh, the um, uh, o- uh, Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare, that, that was making us pay for abortifacients, you know, that was that was kind of the beginning of, of it all, you know, uh, and, and of course, the Hobby Lobby thing that happened with that, but then, at, you know, shortly after that, it was, uh, okay, you know, uh, you're going to get penalized, you're going to get... Find or even put in jail if you don't get on board with a grown man going into a little girl's bathroom, you know, and 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 just one thing after another that you. If we were living in the 1960s, we'd be going what, right? But because we've been conditioned to take a little here and take a little there, so you've got a Father Altman that goes. What? Basically, <laughs> right? We got to get that 1960s mindset back, right? Wouldn't you say, David?
0: <laughs> yes, that was a good. I like how you say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're in, we're, we're, we're uh, we just have to wrap our minds around the fact that there's a revolution going on. Yes. I mean, there's, 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 there's these leftists in, in, in that, that are dead set. On a revolution, and they'll do anything in their power to bring about the change they want to bring about. It's going to lead to socialism, and it's eventually going to lead to communism. And they, 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 they don't have any rules. They will change the definition of things. They will make up new rules because they, 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 they are dead set on winning. We have to accept that and realize that, and then uh, um change how we approach this right because we want right. to re- recognize as a revolution and it's a war now we can get armed for battle we we, we uh, too many of us just don't accept the fact that there's a war going on right now right and everything is on the line we have right. to accept that david with regards to um
1: if you could speak to this um fathers and husbands and this is the thing you know um you know, we're talking a lot about priests and bishops being on fire and you know, the Alt Father Altman effect, which I agree, it's a great phrase, great term um we need t-shirts on this father altman effect you know this, the altman effect the altman effect that's it you know of some big ominous looking you know logo on there you know <laughs> pounding through a wall or something right. elijah like boss, elijah you know? put elijah on there elijah that's it we'll, we'll do a little photoshop of father altman on elijah's face on that <laughs> <laughs> art looking there okay make a note of that All right. anyway i uh, actually do that i do <laughs> <laughs> but husbands and fathers, because this is an area where, you know, you and I, you know, we both have, you know, families, wives, children and so forth. And I look at these things and I always take like when Father Heilman will preach from the pulpit, I think of what I see at the kitchen table, mm-hmm. you know, in effect. It's kind of an idea there that that I have my flock, you know, and my I mean, my kids have all moved out now. But in general, husbands and fathers, I know that's surprising because I look like I'm like 28, but I'm not. I know, effect. right?
0: That's a fact. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just a little
1: older <laughs> than that. So, but seriously. <laughs> But I think there's so many dads out there, even good Catholic men who are nice guys. But, you know, there's nothing in the gospel about being nice necessarily as being is relating to getting to heaven, but being true and being faithful and courageous and bold and and the, the gift or the, uh, the, the, the spirit of fortitude that we need to have, mm. you know, to plow ahead when it comes to the obstacles that we face, world flesh and devil temptations and all. But could you speak just somewhat to the husbands and fathers taking this example of Father Altman, and looking at our own flock, our own domestic church, as John Paul II talked about, that we have an obligation within our families to yeah. be just as
0: courageous, just as yeah. clear, yeah. to, to right. those
1: that God has entrusted to our care.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been going through the last at least thirty or forty years. Um, you know, society has been you know telling men that, you know, they're, they're not priests, prophets, and kings. They've, they've been speaking to us in a way that's, um, you know, uh, just uh, take away our baptism, all the gifts and the rights that we receive from okay. a baptism in Christ, that we are priests, prophets, and kings. But society has been telling us that we're Homer Simpson. Society has yeah. been telling us, you know, okay. that, that the woman is the head of the house. Um, society has, has been telling us that our kids can boss us around. And, and so we've been reduced to just, you know, been carrying purses, right? There's nothing wrong with carrying a purse, I suppose, if your wife asks you to, right? But, 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 yeah. but you got, but you have to carry it a certain <laughs> way.
1: Right. right. My wife,
0: if my wife says oh i left my
1: purse in there can you go get it i you know i carry it out like i'm like i'm carrying a dumbbell you know right. like I out. you know it's like yeah. i come out doing curls with it you know? <laughs> yeah, that's how
0: you that's how you have to this
2: isn't my purse
0: <laughs> let all the other guys know this is for my wife yeah
2: this is for my wife
0: but society i mean you know the, the uh you know it's it's, it's they just want to just feminize the man, right? Right. And, and that's, that's, that's the one thing that we're pushing against. The, 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 we have to offer a counter message of, of Christian manhood. And it's not domineering. It's, it's not it's not uh, being a, the father of the house in a, a domineering way and not listening to people. It's not that. It's exactly what Ephesian, what Ephesians tells us. I think it's a roadmap to being a father and a husband. Um, the cross gives us that message of, of sacrifice, loving in a sacrificial way, and it's really just as basic as that. It's not complicated, but it's being a man. But I, w- I, w- I was, you know, there a little while ago over the summer. There was um, I went down to speak in Louisiana early this year, and I met a really good priest at a parish there, Our Lady of Lourdes in Erath. Really good young priest, recently ordained, and over the summer uh, during what they call Pride Month they lit up the superdome down there with the pride so-called pride colors right and so this priest posted a simple message father andre um Marjan, he posted a simple post on his parish website basically saying hey come on new Orleans saints you know we want to stand behind you guys but man this this you know this is not the message that you know we as christians can stand behind and he got ripped up in the media just mm-hmm. off of a simple facebook post and people were coming out from his own parish and saying that, oh, he doesn't speak for us. And of course, you know, his bishop got involved in the whole thing. And so, um, but I, I think I think Father Haman is right that this is, I think, a, a watershed moment. And I think it's going to come from priests like Father Altman, and priests like Father Andre down in Louisiana, and, and a lot of these priests out there that's realizing that they need to speak up yep. and that there is going to be a consequence and as as men, as fathers, they're just going to have to deal whatever that consequence is. And it's going to get to a point, I think you're right, Father, in that the bishops are going to be like, okay, this is, they're going to get on board. So it's sad that it's going to have to be from a, a bottom-up type of leadership rather than from top-down. But I think that's what's going to have to happen. In the laity, people like us and people like Doug, we're going to continue to have to just do what the laity can do to support you guys. Mm-hmm. As as much as we can with everything that we have in our, in our prayers and you know our material support, to let you guys know that we have your back, because uh, you know back in the past you know f- during other revolutions that were coming against the church, it was always the religious orders that came up. Remember the Dominicans and the Jesuits when mm-hmm. they were good Jesuits, um, and and all these other religious orders came on and they they provided a, a counter reformation and they provided missionary support. But we're looking around. We don't see that religious order coming on board right now. So for right, right now, it's, it's the priest and it's the laity. And we're, we're going to have to support each other and in, in, um, in, in, um, turn that watershed moment into a new ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You global, know, I, wa- global warming. What would yeah. that be called? Um, so <laughs> The water's going to have to rise. <laughs> <laughs> I got
2: to tell you a story about what happened this afternoon. So my doorbell rings. And I go and answer, and it's uh, three lovely ladies, and uh, they're they're um, senior citizens. Uh, by the way, Doug, one was wearing a sweatshirt with this on the front of
1: it, <laughs> and uh,
2: they do watch our podcast, so they'll hear me tell. Awesome, the story. that's and, great. But Thank but you. they shared the most uh, heart um, moving story. One of them just became one of the widows okay so the other ones had lost their husbands uh, a while ago but this one lost hers in april and she her and her husband were strong and devout catholics but at that moment in time she crashed and she had lost confidence in um the church in you know the leadership of the church and she was she, she was devastated she was going into a deep depression And she has to, she just, these three ladies had just gotten back from lacrosse because this one in particular, but the other two are in the same ballpark. She is in that they had to go up and meet the guy that, that for this one lady that just lost her husband literally saved her life Mm. because hope was restored, you know, that, that there, there are fathers, as you say, David. Uh, she mm. wanted a father she needed a, a strong father at that moment not someone that was just going to get up and you know blow up platitudes and you know and, and help you punch the clock on sunday morning she needed strength okay because she had not seen it for so long she was mm. telling me this beautiful beautiful story and um and you know, I, I I left him. I actually gave him the combat. He said, "Combat rosary, uh blessed by Cardinal Burke." Uh, so oh, wow. don't everybody call me. I only have a couple left. But anyways, <laughs> but uh, but what, they mentioned Cardinal Burke as being one of their heroes. But again, what is Cardinal Burke? I mean, this is the guy that's just is no problem speaking the right. truth right out right. in the open, right. uh, and and he gets blowback for it. But, um, but I wanted to tell that story just because uh, I've heard of something similar to that through this whole experience that we're having post Altman video, right? So many people are telling similar stories. I saw one gentleman comment, he just bluntly said, I would have never left the church. Yeah. I would have yeah. never left the church yeah. if, if, if priests were like Father Altman.
0: Yeah.
2: You know? And yeah. I, I agree with that, okay? You know, people don't want you know thin gruel, punch a clock, Catholicism. They want the truth. They want to get in league with their leaders, okay? And they want to stand up against all this evil that's being being uh, shoved down our throats. Uh, and, and they want to fight. They want to fight, you know. And lead us, leaders, lead us in this fight. We don't want this anymore. And so, like I say, I, I believe in the next few weeks, this is a precipice. We are on the edge of a cliff. Okay. We either take the step forward and we crash and burn for generations to come, or we stand up and fight and take the direction that leads toward our Lord and toward, um, you know, peace and harmony and a pro life nation uh, and, and uh, a nation that is under God, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's one thing that I think we have to consider in, in this whole thing, like you said, to this whole "Father All era, is that I know we were talking a little bit about this before the show began, but you just saying that about the women coming to your door. Um, they had drove, up, you know, from Illinois, yeah, drove up from Illinois. Yeah, drove from Illinois. Yeah, I've always been amazed by how faithful the women are to faithful, courageous priest. And I think it is like you say that I think women, you know, as men, you might, you might remember this with, with your own father, you, 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 you uh, you too, Doug, that there was some point in time, maybe when you were 15 or 16, you know, things with your father, you know, there's, it became tense, right? Because you guys were in love with the same woman, probably, you know, your mom, but you know, there's always some sort of you know a little tension there just for a moment because you were becoming a man and he was trying to make you a man and (laughs) and so there was that little tension there for a brief period perhaps but as a as a father of four daughters i i know how much my daughters love me how much they have my back i mean i can't do anything wrong you know as far as far as they go (laughs) And, and so when you talk about the story of those women they women christian women love love a strong priest they do and um and men good christian men we respect and we honor a strong courageous priest we just do like he's like you and doug said that's the natural order of things and so i think when a natural order becomes more and more evident and prevalent in society I think it's going to transform this watershed moment like you're talking about. I think that may be true. That is going to transform families in, in our entire culture. Think, things that have the potential, obviously, obviously, I think things have the potential to return to the natural order yep. of how things ought to be. Yeah. And, you know, David, I along those same lines,
1: I think what we need to do, and I'd like your take on this, to continue to keep this visible my concern is you know we we kind of run off this 24-hour news cycle mindset yeah
2: it's
1: like okay this is hot it's a hot topic right now okay well it'll pass it'll pass and we look for the next thing it's like well this should not pass we should not let it pass right you know and so i think father and i are going to do like uh a show on father altman every day for the next (laughs) 45 days until the whatever no i'm just kidding just kidding just kidding just kidding no but seriously i just my concern is that it just kind of passes and the next big event comes up or the next yeah. this happens. And, and, you know, what are we going to put out there to get the next, you know, uh, video scene or the next topic, something, whatever. So, And I just right. think that, that there's too much happening right now. And Father Altman's situation that I found so amazing is that when you look at what he said in that particular video and you look at a lot of his homilies, he doesn't say anything that is earth-shattering new It's not as if, wow, I'd never heard this before. This is like the cure for this Chinese coronavirus. (laughs) That's a whole other topic. We won't get into that. But (laughs) (laughs) not as if he found the cure for cancer. He just said what the church has taught. He just said things that are written on our hearts. Mm -hmm. It's like he gave a glass of cold water on a hot day to all of us in a desert and we all said yes this is what yeah. we're built for but it's not as if while this is brand new stuff it's like no it's not this is this is what it is yeah. but my concern and you tell me if you if you if you feel this way at all david and father is that this if this slips away and just kind of gets buried because of the news cycle mindset that it moves on to something else. Um, We're going to lose the ground that we have already gained and could continue to gain, which is why I think we need to be, we need to be careful, clever, prayerful, but we need to continue to get this out and and continue to keep this out in front of people's eyes and hearts because of how critical the time is. I don't know what y'all think about that.
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, I was thinking I was, I, was, I was concerned about that same thing myself as well. And I think recently, I think it was a maybe Friday, there was a priest who came along. He was in Detroit, I believe, and he said some things about Black Lives Matter, he just basically told the truth about the organization Black Lives Matter. And his 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 parish, the pastor of the parish, took the video down off the parish YouTube channel. And so I got a hold of it and I reposted it, and put it back put it back up there so people can hear this is that is that the father father grainy yeah father grainy yeah, yeah father I, see it, I see it right here on the screen yeah and so i think more and more i think when we come when we become aware of priests being courageous and saying things that are bold and countercultural, i think we just have to do our part do broadcast it and, and get it out there Yes. Uh, what, what father allman says shouldn't be rare it should, right. it, it, like you said, it was, you know, he started his whole talk with a Baltimore catechism. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just, 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 just basic truth, nothing revel- nothing so earth shattering, like you said. And so, I mean, let's just do our part to, again, support these priests and get the, keep pushing the message out there. And yeah, let's have a show about father Altman every day.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, here's, here's what I'm concerned too, is this, this, what, what I call the normalization of evil, right? So a lot of things are, are being, as I put it, shoved down our throats, but, but the way you look at it is they're being normalized, okay? That, that we're just to accept this as it is. And I think you're right. I, I've said that too, that, that, you know, we were, it was normalized that we're a bunch of Homer Simpsons, you know, the, the, the man and that's why, too, I know Doug, you and I both have kind of hit this for many years now, is trying to reel the men back in. Right. Because they checked out. You know, they went into their little man cave and, and uh, you know, watched a little sports and, and uh, there were nowhere to be seen in the yeah. fight.
1: And they, like, they don't, and they don't want to be inconvenienced a lot of times right. to even right. get in shape for the fight spiritually or physically.
2: Right. Right. And so, you know, they, they kind of, you know, went to work, came home, ate. Got man cave bed you know went to work but it, we, and we've been trying to rile them up. we've been trying to get them to get on fire again, but in, in framing it is we're at war. you know this is spiritual warfare, and we need soldiers, okay? We need real men to 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 pick up you know their their weapon, right to pick up your weapon, all right and and to get into battle and to believe in the supernatural power of God and to stand in the breach. Uh, and and keep evil from infiltrating your home and your family, and and this has been resonating with a lot of men. We've been we've been at this for a lot of years, but honestly, you know, we talk about how how women love this thing, and they do. But I, I remember when I started um, you know, uh, monthly e- evening gatherings. We call it at the time Knights of Divine Mercy. Now we're calling it Holy League, but anyways, uh, it was just uh, adoration, confession during adoration, an inspiring talk. And then uh, we would have a, uh, we'd do benediction, and then we'd have a manly social afterwards to build fraternity. Okay, that's it. That's all we did. And, uh, but we were pulling men away from their families. And you wondered, you know, the, the, the wife would be like, well, you know, we, you need to be home with your family. No, 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 no. They were pushing the men out the door, okay? Wow. They were wow. pushing, you need to go to this, is wow. what virtually every wife was saying. Uh, at that time. Why? Because they want a Saint Joseph. They want, you know, a terror of demons in their home again. And to and lead, you know, I always say that my favorite uh, image of the Holy Family is you, Joseph walking out in front, pulling the donkey, and Mary is enthroned with child on top of the donkey. Yeah. But, but he's leading, but he's a servant leader, okay? Right. He's a servant leader. Um, we had a lovely uh, family that was uh, visiting here this weekend, and uh, most of them were, were uh, adopted children. And there was a, a, a couple, a young couple that were, they were going to University of Wisconsin. And uh, I think they're all up because they were visiting this. But, but, but the daughter uh, was there with her boyfriend. And after okay. Mass, I, I told the boyfriend, I said, come here. And I said, she is a queen okay Mm. and she is sacred and he got this big grin on his face he says i know exactly what you mean father and thank you and we shook hands and uh but but you know that's what we need to regain the woman is not an object or she's not our competitor for who leads and who not who's uh, Mm. who doesn't Mm. we need men that revere women i remember when i was a little kid when a woman entered the room the men stood right Mm. Yeah. And that was just profound. Uh, Hmm. But this all gets to again, men, 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 men. Okay. Be dads, 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 right? Be, be those strong leaders. And I think in our Catholic church, that's what everybody is longing for. And I pray God, I pray God that this has sparked something in our church. No more effeminate hippie, Jesus. No more participation trophy dad, where I just going to say things and do things. So you like me. Okay. We need strong dads that want to draw the best out of us that want it like dads do. Okay. And if you're messing up, you're going to be told. Okay. And you're going to be quickly brought abruptly. And sometimes because it's so serious. Okay it's going to be you know an passionate even outrage that is going to be expressed uh to order to get you back on track that's what we need in the church today right,
0: right, right. right? i mean cuz cuz men no one no one follows a coward no one does right. because because they know if you follow a coward you're, you're going to end up dead right right, right. And, and so men follow men women follow men um like you said, in a, in a servant way, not, not domineering. And, 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 and as fathers in the household, like you guys are saying, we need to also set the example for our children, right? This is for our daughters. So they know what type of husband to look for. That's, that's, exactly. a, that's another step. I exactly. mean, these boys who I see at gas stations in a passenger seat while their girlfriend or whoever's out there pumping gas, I you know. gotta be kidding me. Are you serious? What I is know. that? And so I know my daughter, my daughter, my thirteen year old, she's twelve. She thinks I'm crazy because every now and then, you know, I wake him up in the middle of the night, not on purpose, but I'm out there throwing holy water in everybody's room. You know, Good I just because I, I bless my house. Nice. And so, and so, but that's I know she thinks I'm crazy, but that's the example I'm setting an example for her. The sort of what a, a spiritual, a high priest does in his home. You're right. a
2: terror of demons, Saint Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Hey, before, I mean, I know we're getting close to the end here, but I want to, I wanted to get into another topic here. If we could just a little bit, David, um, we, uh, as I mentioned, when we introduced you at the beginning, uh, you had put a post out about kind of, uh, being aware of the way things are unfolding societally right now. And I think this goes along with, you know, father, you and I've talked about this and it kind of fits in with this preparedness course that we put together that we're offering now for people. Um, I'm adamant about, the fact that because we're built by God, body and soul, that there's this component of the physical that we should not ignore or reject. And as Christians, especially as Catholics, we have an obligation to do what we can to protect others, just as we do to provide health, provide um, you know a good a good uh, reasonably sheltered, comfortable life, meaning a roof over the head, running water, electricity, things of this nature. These are just good things that we are called to provide. For the good of society, the good of community, all this is 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 found in, in church documents and teaching and so forth. But when it comes to a crisis situation like a societal uh, societal upheaval or everything just going south, turning sideways, hitting the fan, whatever term you want to use, as we're seeing in cities that are rioting and protesting, for you know Antifa to BLM to uh, you know Democrat supported you know chaos tearing down statues, vandalizing churches. It's all over the place and doesn't seem to be going away. And at the time we record this, we are just a month, less than a month and a half out from the election. And we know that there have been threats and warnings from the left that kind of regardless what direction this goes, we're going to see more of this. Therefore, the responsibility that we have on a natural level to be prepared to have a plan, some idea, Just like we have smoke detectors hanging on the ceiling and you have uh, maybe hopefully a fire extinguisher in your house and you've got a spare tire, you hope you never have to use those things, but if you do, you've got them. I think it's incumbent, especially upon husbands and fathers, to have some plan to physically be prepared to protect, defend extra food, extra water, maybe, maybe firearms if you're a Second Amendment guy. I'm a Second Amendment believer. And all that, but just the fact that we should have a plan to protect and defend, and maybe if we got to get out of Dodge, get out of Dodge fast, have a place to go, have these things already being processed and worked on. In um, that one post you put out, David, gave me a touch of insight that possibly you are of the same mind. <laughs> so what, is, what are your thoughts regarding the responsibility of a husband, father, a man? and taking care and having a plan to protect their loved ones, especially when you see whether it's a wildfire coming down the hill, a flood, uh, a, a turned-over train, a chemical spill, or a society that's going crazy, crazy. What do you think the responsibility is for us men and what we should be doing?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we're 100% on, on, on the same page, Doug, and I got to look into that, that kit that, you're, um, that you're, you're putting together for everybody. But, um, you know, my, my first weapon is obviously – you know, this, Amen. um, and as you see, it has, um, bullet casings, you know, for, you know, before <laughs> That's just, cool. frozen. so, but so, you know, cause I'm always ready to bust a cap in Satan's ass <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time. I'm a second amendment guy too. So I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, you know, to you know, have, have caps, you know, busted in other ways. Right. But, right. Right. But we have, we have, we have, yeah we're right. We have, we have, we have more knives than we have guns. We have bats, we have flashlights, we have water, right. we have toilet Good. paper. Um, yeah, we're ready to go just in case November 4th goes upside down, yeah but no, no matter what happens, I mean, that's just part of being, you know, the, um, the priest, prophet, and King of the house, you know, mm-hmm. priest, prophet, and Kings are just, just always prepared, have essentials and you have to be ready for, um, the worst that can happen. Um, begin, well, been, begin with prayer but like you said it you know let's we have to be prepared on a natural level as well
2: yeah i've actually had men in my parish approach me and say father we need to do this you know we need to get prepared we need to you know because uh we don't know what direction this is going to go uh i i went up to the rally in lacrosse to support uh father altman and right away a retired vet said i'm coming father you're not driving alone <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm at your side and and, and i got uh my, uh, my, my little friend in my pocket here too. So anyway, but, but there's that kind of spirit right now where um, the, it's really separating the men from the boys. Okay. We're in high alert. We don't know where this is going and men are rising up right now. And I'm, I'm hearing about another parish, parishes around the the United States too, that, uh, okay. You know, we hope it doesn't come to anything super serious, but we do want to stand in the breach. We Mm. want to defend. We want to mm-hmm. do whatever it takes. So, Doug, I'm really grateful that you're hitting this and and hitting it hard. And, and you're actually coming to my parish uh, at the end of uh, October, and uh, also to Father Altman's parish, right? Uh, right. Help lead. We're going to get a group of men together, maybe some women too, but we're going to get a group of men together, and uh, you're going to, uh, you know, get them all trained up and all this stuff. So, and that is yeah, awesome.
1: And that's something where, and I, you know, and I, I said this in a previous show when we had Father Altman on a couple of weeks back that, you know, any parishioners out there of Father Heilman, Father Altman, or anybody out there, if you're a parishioner, especially men, and you know your priest, I mean, we should be ready to protect our priests anyway, but especially those that are outspoken and they're drawing attention. I've let Bishop Strickland know here. In, in Tyler, I mean, I'm working with a group of guys here. We, we meet twice a week and we do a, a physical training workout. There's prayer involved. There's discussion on what it is to be a man. But then another day of the week, we, we basically do firearms training and shooting, you know, in, in tactical style training, not just target shooting, but we're working on all kinds of things. I won't get in detail right now on the show, but anybody out there who shoots much, you understand what I'm talking about. I'm say tactical style training. The idea is to have a plan because you can have a lot of guys out there who they own a gun, you know, they hunt, um, and I always say to guys, look, just because you own a gun and hunt doesn't mean, you know, that you're ready to deal with certain scenarios and situations because they're completely different. I would say, middle of the night, where's your gun? Well, I got it in my safe. Well, how long does it take you to get up, get your safe unlocked, get your gun, get it loaded, especially if someone's kicking in the door, you hear your dog barking, your kids screaming, glasses breaking, and your wife's upset and paralyzed, panicked in some way. Now you got to pull this off with stress coming at you. What do you do? Or you're in a church and someone comes in the back door screaming Allah Akbar and they start opening fire. Have you coordinated any plan with other guys on how to subdue the threat and get the threat out of the church away from the people quickly so that less people get hurt? Now, you mentioned earlier, David, something on consequences, and I think that's an important thing to bring up right now is that there are consequences one side or the other if we're prepared or not prepared. If we're not prepared for societal breakdown and civil unrest, we may end up being those homes that get looted and burned. And who knows what happens to the people in the homes. We've seen this happen from Venezuela all the way up to the Armenian genocide, the Rwandan genocide, World War II. We've seen it all over where societies have turned upside down and people just didn't know what to do. But we've also seen cases where people knew what to do and minimized or eliminated, subdued the threat, that doesn't mean you go kill people. You might have to provide lethal force if it's according to what the church teaches, legitimate and so forth, that's, that, that has its place. But at the very least, have a plan to minimize the threat. But if you're not sitting there working on it, talking about it, like, you know, down here in Texas, Governor Abbott has said that you can legally carry in places of worship, And then we had a church shooting outside of Fort Worth in White Settlement. And in a matter of six seconds, three people died. That's how fast this happened. Two innocent people were killed, and then the gunman was shot by a security guard. In six seconds, three people died. Now, four or five other people in the video, church security video, showed that they had drawn their weapons and were walking towards the threat who was now on the ground. He'd been shot. But as they were walking, anybody who understands guns to any degree realizes that half of them were flagging with their muzzle a number of people in the church as they're moving towards a threat. Now you're thinking, hey, they had guns with them. That's good. Yeah, but they didn't know what they were doing. And that's dangerous. So down here in Texas in particular, and I guarantee this is in other places too, there are people who are carrying to churches. They're good guys, good people, but if they don't have a plan and they're not strategic in some way, Good people may end up hurting other good people. So there really have to be these conversations and there have to be these opportunities where we sit together and say, look, men, the consequence of doing it right can mean we bring order and peace. The consequence of doing it wrong can mean all kinds of chaos and all kinds of destruction. And I just think that it's a t- in the times that we're living in with our society the way it is, it is there is no time to waste when it comes to having these conversations and discussing this. And almost no one's talking about it in the Catholic faith. Most people want to sit around, and forgive me for sounding critical here, gentlemen, they want to sit around and talk about documents and what Pope said this and what you know, document and canon law says this. And while I think those have their place, when everything hits the fan, like you said, David, I want to be ready to bust uh, something in the what, the, the who, and the... the <laughs> Yeah, you know, I want to be ready to engage in the battle the right way to minimize the threat and reduce the harm. But if we're just sitting around smoking our cigars and drinking our scotch and talking about, well, you know, Pope Pius said this about that. And, oh, I really believe that when it comes to this and that. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and then a bad guy you kicks you that in really the door, well And we, we want to debate him on a document rather than you might have to just go at
0: him and tackle him. <laughs> anyway, y'all know you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, my, my my parish is on a military base, you know, uh, Air Force Base. It's so we don't it's not something I think about. Yeah, right. But uh but 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 definitely I I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. But yeah. you know when I do visit other people's parish, you know you hear that strange noise in the back, like and first thing you do is look around, yeah, and then you see you're the only one Looking and worried, but hey, hey, what's that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, yeah, churches in Paris, they you got to have a plan of action, yeah, because yeah. so, everybody's yeah. not on a military base like, like yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to wind it up. And I'm, I'm looking back at our title for this show, and um so uh, uh, Father Altman on fire or fired. <laughs> and I just I, I want everybody to know that I spoke with him today, and we had a nice conversation. He's doing really well. And he appreciates all the support. He's just overwhelmed with uh, with all that. Uh, also, you know, just to let everybody know, there's not canonical penalties coming or anything with his bishop. they They still like each other, okay? Um, and uh, all the bishop asked him to do was to stop live streaming. We don't know how long that'll go. Mm. Um, my guess is until November fourth, but uh, mm. we'll see. But, uh, but, but he is free to do everything else. So there's no, that's the only uh, request that, that the Bishop had is just, let's shut her down with live streaming for now. So you're seeing like uh, this second video that he did. And yeah. my understanding is that those are gonna keep coming. So praise God for that. Those, uh, those uh, amazing 10 minute videos that uh, now number two has come out. So David, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on, uh, on with us um I'm a big fan and a growing big fan right now, and please everyone check out uh it, g- give me the uh url again it's
0: uh, where yes, you're my at. name david
2: info please everyone check it out yeah. uh it's just uh you have a wonderful way of presenting the truth um you know not only are are you fascinating to listen to, but again, you're a pretty funny guy so Uh, So you're appealing to me for sure. I love it. I love it. All right. So should we end with a prayer? Awesome. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Awesome.
1: Thanks, David. Thank Thank you, you. David.
0: Loved it.